0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you, Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 255. First, uh, small apologies for not having a podcast last week. I forgot that I actually had a work trip and so was out of town for work, unable to get to the podcast, unfortunately. So I'll talk some about week number 14. I also refer back to week number 13 a few times here. Some things that I really wanted to talk about to uh, on a podcast last week but didn't get the chance to. So... Well, it's finally here. Fantasy regular season is over, recording here on Monday, so we got the two Monday night games. We'll see how things end, but it's finally over, and time for the playoffs by the time you hear this. It's definitely been a long season, I hope you enjoy the season, whether you're a competitor as a Dynasty Manager, or if you're a Rebuilder. It's definitely a blast uh, this season, Uh, I know I've had teams that are competitors and those that are rebuilding, and I've had fun in both circumstances. So here are going to be some of my Dynasty takeaways few guys I'll talk about that you could pick up off of waiver Wire this week. And then there's were still some trades. Some of my leagues, there's still trades open. And so I'll talk about a few trades that took place in my leagues that don't have a trade deadline. Let's talk just first about uh, these contenders versus pretenders. I think more than ever, my teams this year, maybe you feel the same. I'm either a top contender or I'm a total pretender. And one of the things that I made a goal to do this year, because it was one of my weaknesses as a dynasty manager, honestly is I want to just kind of keep reloading, and I've yet to like truly blow up a couple teams. And so I committed myself that this year, if I knew my teams were pretenders, that I was going to blow them up. And so I did it this year. I have three of my teams are definitely pretenders in one league. I finished in last place, so that's good news, securing the 101 pick. First time I've ever had the 101 pick in any of my dynasty leagues, so that's pretty wild. Um, I added also in that league with trades that I made, I added a 2024 first-round pick, Two 2024 second round picks and a 2025 first round pick. So excited to start my rebuild with that 101 and all those picks that I added in another league that I blew up. I finished second to last, securing the 1.2. It couldn't quite get to the 1.1, but I'll have the 1.2. And in that league, I added a 2024 first-round pick and second round pick and a 2025 first and third round pick. So starting the rebuilding process in those two leagues. And then of the other league that I'm uh, that I'm definitely a pretender in, I've honestly completely mismanaged uh, that that one, and I'm going to have many years before I can figure out how to rebuild that one because I traded away my first and second round pick in that league already when I thought that I had a chance to contend, and it turns out I was a pretender after all. So those are my rebuilding teams. My other teams are, um, uh, there's one that I would consider what I call a reloading team. right in the middle of the pack in that team. And so one of the things that I did in that league was I I started to make a two-for-one. In one case, it was a three-for-one trades on my roster just so that I could build up my roster a little bit through uh, players with upside. And so um, that's my rebuilding team. And then I've got five that are actually contending. Very, very strong teams. in the playoffs in five leagues, and I got a first-round buy in four out of five leagues that I'm in the playoffs. So that's pretty exciting. Next week's going to be fun. I won't have to sweat it too much because I'll only be be playing in one game given that I have bye weeks in the other four. So here's to the playoffs. It's time. Very excited. Uh, Next thing I'll comment on a little bit from last week uh, since I didn't get to do the podcast was, man, the biggest loss. The biggest loss was losing Tank Dell and Jonathan Taylor uh, being hurt by these injuries here. Uh, Dell is one of my most rostered players. I have him in four leagues. And if you listened to the podcast two weeks ago, you know that I traded away a lot of picks to get him in one league, and then of course he gets hurt and only scores a, a, like no points on my fantasy league on my, on my fantasy team. Uh, pretty big bummer to make that trade for him. Pretty big bummer. This guy that's been a starter in all of my lineups and the, these are my playoff teams. Now I'm going to lose that strength. My strongest roster in of all has actually uh, Tank Dell and Jonathan Taylor. So when the Taylor got the news that his hand was going to need to get uh, work worked on and was going to have to miss a few weeks. My chances of winning that league have gone down quite a bit. Pretty, pretty frustrating. Uh, Dell was one of my fastest risers in dynasty rankings this season. He's currently my 16th ranked wide receiver, only behind Puka Nakua. As the only rookie that's is Puka Nakua is the only rookie that's ranked ahead of him. Jonathan Taylor, he still sits number two in my rankings, just behind Bijan Robinson. If he can't get back. Uh, to help me in the playoffs, uh, he's going to be you know nice to have on my team, but he might not help me win that league. I'm really eager to see how well he's going to play alongside Anthony Richardson, which we really didn't get to see this year because the two of them weren't on the field at the same time. Uh, you're going to hear in a moment about a trade that I even made for Jonathan Taylor, uh, given this injury news on him. So pretty big losses for playoff teams that were probably entering the playoffs with Dell and Taylor on their teams and now have to go without, and that's pretty pretty painful. The injuries stink. They really stink when it gets this close to the playoffs. Next thing I'd say, uh, I started thinking and doing some research last week, is I'd to call it the running back problem. Uh, the running back position continues to be a problem in fantasy leagues and dynasty leagues. I was looking this week uh, before the week started, so not including week number 14, but before week number 13 was looking at the top 20 running backs in scoring, and I noticed how many names you would have never guessed would have been there when the season started. You wouldn't have guessed that. Raheem Mostert would be number two. Brian Robinson, number five. Rashad White, number six. Kyron Williams, number seven. Isaiah Pacheco, number 10. Just those guys in the top 10 is crazy. DeAndre Swift, number 14. Gus Edwards, number 18. Just to name a few, none of these players were in the top 10 in my dynasty rankings. And most of them are already in top 20 in my dynasty rankings. Yet here we are. They're among the top scoring running backs in the league this year. The funny thing is that of those current top 20 running backs... I um I have so so few shares of all of them, particularly on my playoff teams. I mentioned that I have five teams in the playoffs, and among those top twenty scoring running backs, on my roster I only have Raheem Mostert in one league, Joe Mixon in two, Jameer Gibbs in one, and Jerome Ford in one. Isn't that crazy? My playoff teams, I don't have any of these hardly any of these top ten running backs. I think this year, more than most years, you just don't need a top scoring running back to be successful. Uh, patchwork running backs are working for me this year since I'm stronger at wide receiver and tight end on my playoff bound rosters. Running backs is less critical than it used to be, uh, making me want to hold firm to my conviction to build dynasty rosters through the wide receiver position. we, we'll you know, We'll see what happens. I've got a bunch of patchwork running backs, not top 20 guys that are in my starting lineups on these playoff teams. So running back has been weird, very weird this year. I like to admit when I'm wrong, so I'm going to go ahead and say I was wrong. I was wrong about James Cook. Uh, he was ranked number 13 in my 2022 rookie rankings, uh, but he was drafted in the first round in all of, most of those leagues, so naturally I didn't get any shares of him. Last year I looked like I was right, uh, but he's proven me wrong this season. I thought that he could thrive in a passing game, but I didn't think he could be successful as a running downs back, and he's proven me wrong this year with double-digit carries in all but two Games this season, and he's averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Fantastic. And he stood out even more the last few weeks since Joe Brady's become the Bills' offensive coordinator. Uh, Brady's really unleashed Cook in a passing game. Cook is at 169 yards receiving and two touchdowns over the last three weeks. Uh, he's definitely going to help fantasy teams in the playoffs, and he's be- really become a very, very reliable RB2 in lineups. I wish I had one share of him, but I don't because I had him ranked so much lower than other dynasty managers. I like to admit when I'm wrong, I was wrong on Cook, particularly what he's doing uh, right now. Next, I'll call a third-year breakout. I didn't get a chance you know, on the podcast to, to talk about Nico Collins last week, and I wanted to talk about him this week, but so sad that he got injured so quickly in that game. But one of, what I wanted to talk about last week was just his uh, third-season breakout, even though you know that doesn't happen as much now. He's the 11th-highest-scoring wide receiver coming into the week, uh, and after that huge game 2 weeks ago with 29 points uh, before the week he averaged 7 targets per game 2 he's become one of the, he's become the top target of possibly the rookie of the year possible rookie of the year CJ Stroud so his first two seasons were pretty unimpressive a total of 70 catches for 927 yards total and just 3 touchdowns in 2 years uh, and then he has 60 catches for 1004 yards right now in this third year breakout if you remember that used to kind of be the rule Rule for receivers was, you know, trust in the third year is when, when they really start to get it and they start to break out. But more recently, we've seen rookies, even this year, just break out in year number one, like Puka and Dell. And uh, gosh, it's just like crazy what's happening in year one. But it's, it's helpful to take a step back and realize that uh, it may be that people break out quicker now, but it could still be the case that some take three years to break out. Or maybe it's just they get paired with a much better quarterback in Collins' case. Uh, Collins' fantastic year, um, year three, has me hopeful for a player that I think could have a third-year breakout next year, and I'm talking about Traylon Burks. Burks' first year was almost identical to Collins'. They had, but they both had 33 catches. They both had one touchdown. I think that uh, uh, Collins had four more yards receiving in his first year. Well, Burks' second year has not been as good as Collins' second year. It's been far worse because he's just battled injuries. He's only had eight catches. In the five games that he's played this season. It's looked bad, but I do think that he's the type of player that could replicate Collins' production in year three, and he could be a good third-year breakout candidate. So those of you who are holding on to Burks, hold out hope that he's going to get things figured out too in his third year. All all that could depend too on whether his rookie quarterback, Will Levis, can uh, begin to settle down and become a good starter. Do it on most podcasts. We'll do the Rookie Watch. Rookie Watch this time is Chase Brown. Uh, he popped up po- the last two weeks for sure. Last Monday night, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry on you know, just his nine touches, man. and His speed just jumped off the screen when you were watching the game. Every time he touched the ball, you could tell that it wasn't Joe Mixon. <laughs> Definitely could tell. I love Joe Mixon. I what he does too, but you could tell the difference in the speed between these guys. And then this week, he had 11 touches up from eight the previous week, including that 50- 54-yard touchdown pass. Uh, Joe Mixon is still getting the bulk of the snaps and touches, but Brown has moved solidly into the wide uh, running back two role ahead of Travion Williams. Uh, the Bengals have you know, a potential out in Joe Mixon's contract at the end of the season. If they like what they see in Brown the rest of this season, they may be willing to part with Mixon. We'll see. He's definitely shown enough the last two games that the Bengals need to give him more touches uh, just to see what they have in him. Brown was incredibly productive at, at running back in college with over 4,000 total yards and 21 touchdowns. And then he also had a really outstanding uh, NFL combine. Still, he slid down rookie draft boards uh, after he was drafted in the fifth round, so he lost a lot of draft capital. And he slid down a lot of rookie draft boards in in Dynasty because he's 23 years old. Come out, you know, played five years in college, comes out at 23. Um, That's nothing most Dynasty managers don't look very favorably on. I had him ranked 36th in his class, but he was routinely drafted in the second round of drafts, so people liked him more than I did his managers are pretty excited to see finally see him on the field and see him looking pretty explosive. I'm glad he fell to me and won th- once in the third round. Uh, that's my only share that I have of him was in my salary cap league where he did fall to my co-manager Dave Brown and I in the third round, so excited to see what we can get from him. As opposed to rookies, we'll talk old man strength, and there's only one candidate for the award this week, and that's Joe Flacco. Are you kidding me? At 38 years old, he literally comes off the couch, comes out of his living room to play for the Browns and lead them to consecutive wins. He threw for 311 yards and three touchdowns on Sunday, reviving the fantasy production of David Njoku and Amari Cooper for the rest of the season. Uh, his play earned the starting role. Coaches gave him the starting role for here out, here on out the rest of the season. He's honestly, he's looked better than Deshaun Watson did in any of the, his starts this year. Managers in super flex leagues who were ahead of the curve by picking him up when he was added to the Browns practice squad or even rumored to be maybe going to sign with the team. They were savvy and picked him up Man, you might have a viable starter in a super flex league now. In uh, all people, old man strength Joe Flacco in his hairy face and neck. Yeah, especially in a league where like 25% of the teams right now are playing backup quarterbacks. I definitely uh, see that Flacco's one of the best out there now already. I'm more confident now about starting David Njoku and Jerome Ford, a couple of the players that I have in some of my playoff-bound teams. It gives me a little bit more confidence now that Flacco is at the helm with his old man strength. And last thing I'll mention here before we talk some waiver wires, uh, stock down. Stock down. I had already written a note during the football game on Sunday to write a note about Justin Herbert and how he's a very good uh, stock down player right now. And then he injures his finger. So something has just not been right the last few weeks. Uh, I planned to talk about him on last week's podcast or even, like I said, before uh, this injury happened. uh, Something's been going wrong with him. Uh, Now that he's injured, I was thinking to myself, he's my quarterback on two of my playoff teams. And watching this game on Sunday, I just thought, you know what? I can't start him again with any confidence. Well, now the choice was made for me because of this injured. And now actually in both of those leagues where I have Herbert as my playoff quarterback, in comes Sam Howell. Sam Howell's going to be the player that I've put in ahead of him. The choice was made for me, but I was going to make that choice anyway because he looked so bad. He still throws some of the prettiest balls in the league but he's just got happy feet he looks confused rushed very rushed in recent weeks and the offensive line is not helping him out that's definitely a part of it he's only thrown one touchdown in the last three weeks and no touchdowns the previous two weeks so definitely let teams down down the stretch his stock is definitely going down he came into the week ranked as the number six highest scoring quarterback but man dynasty managers like myself didn't feel that way about him he doesn't feel like he's playing like a number six and after these consecutive weeks, he's not going to be number six uh, any longer. I'm sure the coaching staff's all going to get fired. And, you know, when they get in a new coaching staff, you'll see Dynasty stock of Herbert rise, bounce back just a little bit once the new coaching staff and new system gets there. But it's his Dynasty stock is definitely the lowest that it's been uh, since his excellent rookie year. It's definitely going down right now. Let's talk some waiver wire. Uh, one guy that I mentioned uh, maybe has already been added But the other two guys, I think, are going to be available in a lot of leagues. First player would be Brevin Jordan. Jordan's likely unavailable on the Wave of Wire in Dynasty Leagues because he was picked up a lot last week. I know I picked him up, too, whenever we learned that Dalton Schultz was injured and likely not going to play. I picked him up in a few leagues a week ago, but wished I would have done some more. Uh, uh, I didn't in more leagues because I thought Schultz actually had a multi-year contract, so it's my fault for not looking. But I looked it up and realized that Dalton Schultz only signed a one-year contract. And so if Brevin Jordan gets a chance to shine a little bit here uh, while uh, Schultz is sidelined, we could see what could happen with their contracts next year where Jordan could still be with the team. Jordan has two more years on his contract, so he's got this window now to prove something. He was picked up in most leagues, like I said, but just maybe go check. I know I actually picked him up in a a slightly tight end premium league that I'm in. I picked him up and started him in my my lineup this week where I needed a win to secure a bye week, and he did just enough to, to help, so good for him. Speaking of tight ends, the next guy I'd mention would be Davis Allen. Uh, Allen came out of nowhere to start for the Rams while Tyler Higby was out on Sunday, and he played 55 snaps. More than 40, seasons. he's had uh, 40 snaps in the previous 12 games, and he played 55 snaps in this week 14 game. Pretty crazy. He caught four passes for 50 yards and a touchdown. He also dropped a pretty critical pass on third down at the end of the game. But I think he's worth adding in dynasty leagues, especially since he's a rookie. Uh, he's, you know, uh, not he was not in my dynasty rankings when I was ranking this rookie class. Uh, but now he's a player that I got to add into my uh, database and keep an eye on, particularly in tight end premium leagues. Um, he's definitely worth adding this week. Target uh, Davis Allen. And last guy to target would be Easton Stick as he comes in for Justin Herbert. Herbert's likely to miss a few weeks with his finger being messed up if not the rest of the season, uh, particularly since the team's kind of fallen out of the playoff contention, Stick will likely be the team starter for a few weeks, if not the rest of the season, making him a player, you know, to add to rosters in Superflex leagues specifically. He's already rostered in most of my Superflex leagues, even one that I have him in, uh, but he's, av- he's available in a few that are out there right now, so take check, check a look at him. He kind of held his own, actually, coming into the game, throwing for 179 yards uh, he kind of joins the ranks of the many backup quarterbacks who take the reins for their team this year. So if yeah, that's the case in Superflex leagues, especially, if you got to add Stick if he's on the waiver wire. There were four trades that still took place in some of my leagues that don't have trade deadlines, uh, two of which included my team. So let's talk about them. Jonathan Taylor was traded for Kyron Williams, just straight up. Taylor for Williams. And so I was given this uh, trade offer in a Superflex league where I was a really strong contender, until Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones got injured, leaving me no chance to win a championship with Jared Goff as my only remaining quarterback. So yeah, I started going pretty trade-happy in this league, too. I traded away Travis Kelsey in my rebuilding efforts, um, and I traded away Goff in my rebuilding efforts. And then what happened here, I did posted that Williams was on the trading block, but after Jonathan Taylor's injury, a contender sent me this trade offer. Kyron Williams, you know, straight up for Taylor. Uh, I was happy to accept the trade since I really do believe Taylor is a far better dynasty prospect. The other manager is in first place, and so he just added a fantastic piece in Williams that's going to help him on a Super Bowl run, so I get why he did what he did. Williams' dynasty value you know, has definitely crept much closer to Taylor's this, this season as he's just kind of bounced on the scene and done so well, but not enough in my opinion. And so in a, in a team that's kind of reloading, I was happy to trade uh, to get Taylor and trade away Williams' to help that team in its playoff run and help me as I start next year. my only other piece I'm trying to move in that league is Christian McCaffrey. Um, and if he's been on the trading block, but I just haven't been able to find a perfect deal. And if, like I said, this is a team where I'm not rebuilding, I call it reloading, because I've been doing two-for-one trades. And if that's the case, um, McCaffrey, you know, I have to run back McCaffrey and Taylor as my starting running backs next year. I like it. I'm not going to complain about that either. Next one's a pretty modest trade, but... CJ Beathard uh, for a 2025 third round pick in the Superflex league where I'm in second place and really needed a win this week um, to win the division and secure a bye week. I made a modest trade to acquire uh, Beathard. Actually, another um, another manager offered it to me when he saw that I had Trevor Lawrence as one of my starting one of my starting quarterbacks in that Superflex league. And with Lawrence apparently not going to play, he sent this early in the week to just give me that kind of handcuff to have, at least have a starting quarterback this week. So, yeah, also I had Sam Howell that was on a bye week, so he was my other starting quarterback, so I was hurting and really needed a win to secure a bye week. So, that's what I did, and I was surprised, of course, that Lawrence ended up playing, So, <laughs> but I wasn't really upset that I made the trade even though Lawrence started. I like having someone's, uh, my quarterback's uh, handcuff in leagues. That's a, that's a helpful thing to do in Superflex leagues. Um, I did see that Bethard does have an option on his contract that could keep him as Lawrence's backup next season too, so I'll I hope that they do that and in which case I won't regret this trade. I might regret it a little bit if the Jags do decide to not to keep Bethard and move on, move on to someone else next year, but we'll see. I've got some uh, insurance and Trevor played well enough uh, with the rest of my team to actually secure me uh, a bye week in that league. So take a break, heal up. I won't need him next week, but we'll see what happens. Next was a trade. Josh Downs was for Keaton Mitchell. And a 2024 second round pick and a 2025 third round pick. So a second, a third, and Keaton Mitchell for Josh Downs. It's the same league that I mentioned above. It's the one where I'm, you know, competing to win the division and have a bye week. Uh, but the the team that's in first place uh, added Josh Downs to their team, uh, giving up Keaton Mitchell and some picks to do it. I really like the downside of this trade. Baltimore just mixes and matches their running backs too much. And Lamar Jackson typically, you know, steals those goal line touches, so he hasn't done that so much this year. I think Downs is an excellent addition to this competitor's team that's going to make him even harder. He's an undefeated team. He's going to make him even harder to beat. I'm just hoping that I get, uh, now that I've got secured to buy, at least we're going to be in separate sides of the bracket in the playoffs, and hopefully I'll get to meet him, and he might have a down week. Certainly can't go undefeated. Unbelievable. His team is stacked, and now he's got Josh Downs to help him in a playoff run. In this league, too, we start 11 players, not defenses or kickers, and so it's very deep making Josh Downs an every-week starter for him as well. Finally, one last trade to mention: Jackson Smith and Jigba was traded away for Mike Evans and Adam Thielen. Very obvious here. This is a contender versus a pretender, rebuilder versus contender trade. Uh, contender trying to grab Mike Evans and stay hot and hope that Adam Thielen can play like he's played at the start of the year. But he gave up a pretty big wide receiver piece in Jackson Smith and Jigba. I called this like a, a dev- devastating trade for it happened just like hours before the trade deadline. And really makes sense. Thielen's definitely cooled off, but Mike Evans is on fire, even though he sunk this week for the first time this season. Um, leading up to the deadline, I made several trade offers to this manager for Mike Evans because I wanted to secure uh, Evans too, but we could never find a deal. So when this one came through, I was like, oh, man. I was def- definitely upset that another team that's going to make the playoffs has added uh, this power to their lineup, and I missed out on it. So we'll see what happens, depending on what happens Monday night. I hope that I can at least be in a separate side of the bracket from the guy that added Evans and Thielen uh, to his contending lineup. Anyway, man, that was a lot. That's a lot. Uh, Appreciate you listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on email than Twitter, so contact me that way. I do appreciate your support, and I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Let's go win some playoff games, okay? Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email. So hit him up anytime at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at Longhorn Justin.